0: If you're a mom, you're a superhero. That's right. Own it. We possess a unique superpower of intuition, a sixth sense for what our kids are up to, how they feel, what they want, and when they want it. Yep. It's amazing. I call this mom sense. Oftentimes, we are Googling for answers, joining Facebook groups, or relegating to taking unsolicited advice from our friends when all we have to do is listen to that voice inside us. No, not the one that's telling you you're fat. The other voice, the one that seems to know everything when it comes to your kids and leaves you feeling confident, empowered, purposeful, and all things hashtag momgoals. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadha Gupta, and I'm a mother of twin toddlers and a baby. Double the fun plus one. And I can honestly say that now that I'm a mom, I feel like my life is just getting started. On my podcast, I interview industry experts and real life mamas on their mom sense experiences, tackling topics like how to teach kids to meditate, what it takes to have the marriage you've always dreamed of, and how to master your car makeup routine. Grab your latte that's probably ice cold by now and take a listen to That's Total Mom Sense. So, derived from the Sanskrit word yuji, meaning yoke or union. Yoga is an ancient practice that brings together mind, body, and spirit. It incorporates breathing exercises, meditation, and poses designed to encourage relaxation and reduce stress. And practicing yoga and this sort of fitness comes with so many benefits from mental to physical health, from reducing stress, inflammation, to improving breathing, sleep, strength, flexibility, mood, and happiness. Now, as women, when we have our first kid and are actually going through childbirth, there are so many changes that we go through in our mind and our body and our spirit. And it's important to understand these changes so we know how to navigate them. I'm so honored to have with me on the show Rachel Welsh, founder and teacher of Revolution Motherhood Fitness Method. Rachel is a women's health advocate and postnatal fitness pioneer and expert. Her life-elevating fitness method empowers women with the knowledge and skills to understand, heal, and embody motherhood from the inside out. Revolution Motherhood Fitness Method merges yoga, soft foam rolling, PT, Pilates, boot camp, and breath into empowering inspirational workouts. Rachel brilliantly fuses education, alignment, and strength training into progressively challenging sequences so that you start to see and feel results immediately. Whether you're newly post-baby, just beginning a workout routine, or have a strong fitness lifestyle, Rachel will maximize your workouts, tone your core, glutes, thighs, and arms, and leave you feeling open, strong, balanced, and confident. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be Mm -hmm. here. So let's go to the very beginning. When a woman is newly pregnant, what should she ideally do to ensure a healthy and easy delivery? So the
1: best thing you can do at the beginning is to spend some time just being in your body daily, even if that means like rolling out a yoga mat, lying on the ground and breathing. Once you start to get some of that energy back, those moments that you've spent just rolling out your mat will give you the motivation and inspiration to keep in the habit, to keep rolling out your mat so that when you're feeling better when you're starting to feel like you could actually move your body again You could maybe do a down dog, and then suddenly you're able to like roll out your mat in a class and do a prenatal yoga class. Um, Really, consistency and habit are the most important things to establish from day one. One of the biggest challenges while you're pregnant is to have days when you really can't do much and you don't feel well, and days when you do feel well to get yourself motivated to go move and giving yourself permission. To do exactly what you're able to do that day is also key, because your body is changing daily. If you have a really strong yoga practice, you'll be lunging, you'll be doing down dogs, maybe you're even doing chaturangas. and then one day all of a sudden you're like, my belly's too big, I can't lung- I can't lunge anymore. my 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 leg doesn't fit through. Um, <laughs> and so learning to just adapt and change your practice to a changing body, is doing two things. It's one, keeping a habit of
0: exercise, self-care, and you time. Right. That's so true. So tell us how you began your journey in yoga and fitness. I actually started um, a
1: wellness journey in general um, with a shiatsu training. I graduated from college with a French and economics degree, moved to New York um, for like, you know, the New York City job that lasted three months because it was total torture. I suddenly found myself 21 living in the city, flipping my world upside down, not doing what I had gone to school for. Just went to Waiting tables and kind of figuring it out and stumbled into a Shiatsu class, basically a hands-on method of acupuncture It's body work. Um, but it works on five elements and on the meridians in the body and on energy. Um, and it's done on the floor on it. Like it's just this really beautiful body work method. And so I went into that and I, I went like two years into that training and it really went deep and it was mirroring my own wellness journey of coming of age and like, really owning my body and my health. And yoga just sort of merged right into that. So I started practicing, mm-hmm. found. You know my favorite yoga studio did a teacher training. Suddenly, I was a yoga teacher, and fitness had always been a lifestyle for me um, from college and on. As I progressed, um, developing my own wellness practices in New York City, um, I started teaching. At, you know more and more boutique fitness locations, becoming more and more visible and connected, and also branching out. I was here at, and kind of coming of age in my career. At the time when boutique fitness was really starting to pop in New York City. Mm -hmm. And so I started dipping into it all. I was taking bar and I was taking boot camp and spin class. And I was just trying everything because really for me, movement is about a mind body connection. It's about freedom. It's about connecting authentically to myself so that I can create a happy, optimized life and have a conscious family and have conscious relationships you know and so I was just pursuing all of those physical practices at the same time as I was getting engaged and you know growing my emotional side Um, and then cut to so I was very active in in the boutique fitness world and then cut to um, me getting pregnant with my first and having Mm -hmm. her I was very active through my entire pregnancy everything was great I mean I, I was knock on wood a really really fortunate pregnancy with both my daughters, very easy, very natural. So I was able to really exercise and move through them both. But after I had my first daughter, it was about three weeks after I had her. And I was just going by the the whole rule of don't do anything until you're six weeks postpartum. It was even less than the three weeks. It was about two weeks after I had her. And I was like, I'm just dying to move my body. Like it hurts. I'm stiff. I was breastfeeding. My shoulders were dying. My neck was cricked out. I was sleep deprived. I was like, I have got to just like get on my mat and move and like feel my body. I had the benefit, you know, almost a 20 year personal practice at that point. Mm -hmm. So I got on my mat and I was able to go really gently. I was able to listen. And it was really, I still remember that practice. It was only about 30 minutes. I had my newborn on a pillow right next to my mat asleep. Mm -hmm. Uh Like, what is this body that I'm in now? Feeling the aches and pains and, and listening as I moved to what was releasing them. I very quickly realized that there was kind of this black hole where my core used to be. Even though I could do all the exercises, it wasn't connected anymore. That progressed. I mean, you know, I got cleared at six weeks. I went back to bar classes. I was I was doing everything. And about a year after I had Caroline, my oldest, I was starting to get injured. And I've never been injured, not chronically. You know, I had like little tweaks, but I was getting like injured, like hips and knees and wrists. And I knew enough at that point to just stop. And I realized that I was going down a path of, of what society tells women is the right way to recover from childbirth, which is six weeks, you're cleared for exercise. Go right. do sit-ups, go go exercise, go do whatever you want. You're fine. That is wildly misleading. There is a huge rehabilitative process that needs to happen internally before anything resembling your quote unquote old exercises can really take place. So I started to put those pieces together in my mind and in my body. And I realized that if I didn't know what postnatal recovery should be or could be pretty much nobody did at that point. I mean, this was eight years ago, but I mean, pretty much nobody did because I, I was in it. I was in the boutique world. Postnatal wasn't even a word that was spoken in any mm-hmm. teacher training. Prenatal, you maybe got half a day of training as you were getting certified for whatever you were teaching. Certainly none of the postnatal injuries were even, they are not even words that teachers understand or can pronounce, let alone can adapt exercises for, for a woman in their class. I found all of that wildly unacceptable. <laughs> so I went back to my mat, I went back to the drawing board, I started hanging out with pelvic physical therapists. I started hanging out with one of my best friends who was a MELT instructor and used the this, this soft foam roller work all of the time and fascial hydration and circulation. And I started to just educate myself. All of that education, all of that hanging out with all of these different practitioners and me experimenting on myself, I developed Revolution Motherhood Fitness Method because uh, I was seeing results in my own body. I was seeing results in my private clients. I very quickly came to the conclusion that this information needs to be disseminated to the entire world. This is the way that we as women can completely rewrite the dialogue and story of what motherhood is. And in doing that, we are going to improve each other's lives Exponentially. So what I developed was a completely intermodality method, meaning it wasn't one size fits all, it, what I discovered. It, it wasn't just yoga that I was using anymore or just a soft foam roller. Like I needed to rehabilitate my body, and that's where physical therapy is essential. I highly, highly recommend to every woman I work with and every woman I come in contact with that you get referred to an excellent pelvic physical therapist. And a physical therapist is different than an occupational therapist. You want a physical therapist who can do a full internal and external assessment on your pelvic floor, your abdominal cavity, the entire core system and trunk system. Um, And then they can tell you all of the nuances of how your body was affected by childbearing. And once you have that information, then we can take that information into your fitness program. So I start on a very slow, deep level of rehabilitation on the soft foam roller using breath because breath creates an organic expansion, contraction and activation of the whole core. Meaning from your pelvic floor, all the way up into your rib cage and diaphragm and everything in between. And once those muscles are woken up, your brain can start to find them again. In a fancy scientific way, it's called your neural pathway. It's how your brain fires down through your spine into your nerves, makes muscles turn on. And it's how, when you're trying to do a strong exertion exercise, case in point, pushing a double stroller up the hill to the park, like what muscles are going to activate when you say, I need power right now. It's not going to be in that moment, a super mind body connection. It's just going to be automatic. Right. So Mm -hmm. we want to, in class, activate those muscles that were designed to be your powerhouse. We want to turn on your butt, all of them. There are multiple butt muscles. We want to turn on your thighs. We want to turn on your entire core, not just your six pack in the front. We need the whole core from the inside out activating that includes your back muscles. Right? Once all of that is turned on in class, then we can start to challenge it and we can start to turn it into strength and stamina training. So we can really push your edges, say getting into some squats where you're starting to breathe harder, we're starting to get into cardio, but not to the point of you being unable to self-correct. So we start slow so you know what it feels like when muscles are turning on. Then we start to challenge you and you can pause reset when you feel yourself lose that connection like when your abs turn off or your butt stops working or you start to get to know what is compensating for your butt and your abs meaning usually your hip flexors or your neck or your wrists all the places we get injured as moms and we're achy
0: mm-hmm.
1: we start to notice oh my neck is doing this work rather than my biceps or my triceps So i'm going to stop for a second shake it off and get back into the exercise from my triceps Right. And that is how you start to create a very mindful strength training practice that then very quickly feeds itself into full on sweaty, cardio, calorie burning, toning exercises. But it is on a continuum where you are continuing to come back, reconnect to the fundamentals of this is my core, this is my pelvic floor, this is my diaphragm, these are my transverse abdominals, this is, and then go in and do some push ups. See see how much you can hold on to. Go run with the stroller up the hill. See how much you can hold on to, right? Mm -hmm, And then considering what kind of injuries you did sustain, I mean, everything from like a mild diastasis recti, which P.S. is not a death sentence, okay, diastasis recti is not the end of the world, very, very workable and treatable if done in the proper proper methodology, to pelvic organ prolapse, to incontinence, to tearing, to scar tissue, like all of those injuries, often we have more than one, um, are interrelated because your body doesn't operate, your muscles don't operate in a vacuum. Your body operates as a whole, whether or not you're considering it as a whole, right? So all of those injuries become interrelated. So understanding from the get-go, for instance, in my case, after my second daughter was born, I had what's called a grade two seal, which is minor to like significant, um, rectal prolapse. And it took several rounds of pelvic PT and a lot of, frankly, my own work, my own revolution motherhood method to recover the strength and stability of my pelvic floor in conjunction with my upper abdominal muscles. And it's not linear, it's very, very circuitous.
0: Is there a difference um, in the healing of the pelvic floor from, um, for a woman who had a natural birth versus a C-section? Yeah, definitely. I mean,
1: first of all, we'll just state from the get-go that your pelvic floor is personal. How your body came out of pregnancy and childbirth is totally unique to each woman. There is literally no two women's bodies and conditions that I've seen that are identical. There are commonalities, right? So vaginal childbirth, certainly you're going to stretch and pull on your pelvic floor more than with a cesarean section. Depending on how your pregnancy was prior to a cesarean section, you may have sustained a lot of pelvic floor pressure. You may have just had a low Heavy pregnancy that put a lot of pressure down there, which would affect the health of your pelvic floor anyway afterwards. Whether or not you pushed for a long time and then got a C section, you kind of get the double whammy then, right? right. Um, if you pushed for a long time and then tore badly or got an episiotomy and had to be cut, or if the baby had to be extracted in some way, right, like vacuumed or forceps or, you know, in some way, that's going to change the dynamic of how your pelvic floor was damaged and how you need to go about repairing it. The biggest thing you're recovering from is that your abdominal muscles have been severed, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a scar line that needs to be rehabilitated and worked on and loved and massaged and it takes a lot of mindful work to get the nerves in your muscles to cross that um scar tissue line again. So basically the very usually usually cesarean sections, especially if they're plant are very, very low close to the pubic bone. It still is a severing of your six pack at that point though. Mm -hmm. So, you know, starting to try to recruit the muscles way, way down low by your pubic bone and even up underneath the vaginal canal with your upper abdominal muscles is going to be a journey for a cesarean section woman versus the pelvic floor kind of focus on a vaginal birth where you're going to be working a lot more on rehabilitating um, the, the lower pelvic floor, like, you know, all of the muscles that connect to the pubic bone, to the tailbone, to the inner hip bones. The issue for both of these scenarios is that the trunk of your body is a pressure chamber. Your body is meant to be able to sustain great downward pressure. Imagine sneezing, right? Mm-hmm. And your pelvic floor is supposed to respond um, kind of like a jellyfish, right? It it stretches, it opens, and then it, it responds and rebounds back up and everything's fine. You don't really have to think about it. Uh, in the ideal world. Same Mm -hmm. thing with your diaphragm at the other end of your trunk, you've got a diaphragm that is responsible for your breath. It's meant to expand and pump and move things between your, between your lungs and your organs and your abdominal muscles based on whether or not you're running up a hill or you are just bending over, right? And needing to stand back up. All of these just regular functional motions create pressure distribution in your body, downward, upward, and outward. Mm-hmm. And so what we want to re- reestablish after you've had a baby is the ability for your body to withstand pressure. Okay. So that might mean that it's not necessarily like, oh, I've just got to squeeze my pelvic floor and pull it up again. It's mm-hmm. very much about, can. this is why I use breath so much. Can you breathe mm-hmm. and relax the entire system of your trunk? meaning the pelvic floor, imagine a jellyfish that is just sort of like expanding and relaxing before it contracts and draws up. Can you breathe and relax? Most of us don't even breathe into our bellies anyway. But Can we breathe and relax the pelvic floor? And then exhale, start to draw up some mindful strength like jumping on the wave of the exhale and using it to recruit some strength. And in that way, you're retraining your interabdominal pressure and your external abdominal muscles to be able to withstand that pressure.
0: So tell us about the misconceptions of diastasis recti, Mm -hmm. pelvic organ prolapse, you know, things that could be daunting for a new mom in her postpartum phase.
1: You have a pelvic floor that if it's compromised and your organs are descending down that then if you also have diastasis recti which is where your six-pack the the muscle that sits right on top of your belly is just separated and compromised and the transverse abdominals underneath it are not you know recovering their integrity well that all of that creates a downward pressure that is going to continue to make the pelvic organ prolapse worsen okay it can also lead to incontinence, right? Both fecal and urinary, Mm -hmm. um, your scar tissue, whether you tore really badly versus a cesarean section versus, you know, other kinds of scarring internal scarring. Um, it, the scar lines create dissonance and disconnects between, between the muscles on either side of it. Right? So because your body is a whole, you need to understand all of your injuries in the context of the whole mm-hmm. and how your body wants to function optimally. And then you can spend your life really getting to know how your body moves and how you move in your body, because it's going to change in 20 years anyway. It's not like you're going to fix yourself from childbirth, quote unquote, and then that's it. Like, this is really the moment to own living in a healthy body because it's yours until hopefully you're a hundred.
0: So what about weight loss? Um, you know, with your experience in yoga, does it help trigger it more than your typical cardio and other workouts out there? If I were going to make kind of a blanket
1: statement, I would say, yes, yoga triggers weight loss. Um, and I'm going to say that it's not even necessarily because of the exercises themselves. I mean, Exercise is exercise and you need it if you want, if you want weight loss, you need to move your body. Mm -hmm. That's just science, right? Right, Um, But yoga in particular is so whole body and whole being Mm. that when you are establishing a daily practice with yourself of love and compassion and kindness, it starts to blend into the rest of your lifestyle habits. So suddenly you start to listen to your needs more and react to the negative less. So wow. at eight o'clock at night, when your children or child has finally gone to sleep, and I, I call the nighttime like the crash moment, because it's finally your kids are asleep, it's quiet and all of your unmet needs come of like crashing down on you at once, you know, I was like, what am I going to do first? And more and more, you'll start to go to bed rather than go and eat a bag of cookies and try to stay awake and try to finish your emails and try to grind through. Like you'll drink some tea. If you're hungry, you'll make a choice for your nutrition that is more nurturing than cookies and chips. Right? Yeah, which is like exactly. chocolate and chips is the default. Exactly. So you start to treat yourself better in a yoga practice, you start to treat yourself better off the mat.
0: This is something that I ask all my guests. I mm. love hearing about their mom sense experiences when you trusted your gut and knew there was nothing else that was right um when it came to your kids. Can you uh, tell us a moment that you you did that? there, there are two that jump out for me. And
1: honestly, the first one is the moment
0: my oldest was born,
1: you know, it had been, it was my first delivery. So I was, didn't know what I was doing in a lot of ways. And there was a moment in there that was like her heart rate was going down. And I was, I was just aware in the fog of, you know, the end of delivering my baby, that intervention was imminent. Like they were about to get seriously involved Mm -hmm. and I just told everybody to step back. And I was like, stop touching me. I'm pushing her out. And it worked. I pushed her out. I didn't know that this was unique until I had my second. But she came out. She cried like once. And then she was just silent, staring back and forth at me and my husband for what felt like an hour. But I'm sure it was just seconds. But it was like time just stood still. Wow. And she just was staring at us and she, and back and forth, you know, between his face and my face. Yeah. And it was like everything, my whole being on a cellular level was reordered. It was like intuition and mom sense was born in me and crystallized that I would trust myself and her
0: Let's not forget our quote of the day. So tell us, is there a quote
1: that you live by? This quote I found is by Nathaniel Hawthorne. And I read it when I was pregnant with my oldest and sobbed. have written it to both of my daughters on their first birthdays. And it's, Mm -hmm. um, human nature will not flourish any more than a potato. If it be planted and replanted for too long a series of generations in the same worn out soil, my children have had their birthplaces and so far as their fortunes may be within my control shall strike their roots into unaccustomed earth.
0: Oh my goodness, I'm getting choked up. Too. I know.
1: I know. I almost didn't make it through it. I usually cannot read it out loud without crying. Oh, oh
0: my um, goodness. and I've never heard that before. And it's so um, profound and it just goes to show that you know our children are are not um ours. You know, we yeah. have to let go. They're their own individuals and their wow. own Souls, And so you just have to nurture them and wherever they plant their roots um, and however they grow and flourish is really up to them. Yeah, yeah, it we're, is like it is the ultimate
1: act of, of service and being a vehicle for posterity. You know, we're raising the next generation Right. and then
0: we let go. It's now time for mom hall when we share products we love. (laughs) So is there anything that you are loving that you're telling your girlfriends and your students about that? It's like, you just need this product. It's changed my life. Um, is there anything out there like that?
1: Yeah, it would be my soft foam roller from OPTP. Um, (laughs) it's it is it. I mean, there are lots and lots of rollers out there and people come to class. So they, people or you know, they email me for the on-demand program. i like, do I really have to get another roller? And I'm like, yes, you really <laughs> have to get a new roller. <laughs> the this, this soft one changes everything because it works on your fascial tissue. It's going to just, it just changes everything. So my soft foam roller is definitely a can't live without. And you know, it's midsummer. I just got back from this deep vacation with my family upstate and the farmer's markets. Oh, I cannot live without them. I just did the market today and it is just all inspiring for how to nurture and feed and cook and cook with my family. And my kids get excited about the food and the farmer's markets are just rocking my world right now too. So Rachel, where can our listeners find you? They can find me online. I have a fully on-demand video program um, on my website, revolutionmotherhood.com. They can find me live in New York City. I offer programs, both foundations and my signature boutique fitness class in Brooklyn, both in Park Slope and Dumbo and in Manhattan in the Flatiron District. Um, And you can find me on Instagram launching next month in September. I'll be teaching live classes on Instagram, which will be archived onto my on demand program. So at revolution motherhood on Instagram. Yeah. And I'd love to offer your listeners a month's free, um, to my on demand subscription with discount code just for you guys. Mom sends 10. Wonderful. Mom sends 10 guys. Thank you so, so much Rachel for that. Thank you. It has been just a privilege and a joy to talk to you, to get to know you, to get to know mom sense, and everything that you're pioneering and getting out there to the world for women is so important. Um, it's
0: just really a privilege
1: to be collaborating with you. So thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope it was inspiring for you and you're ready to roll out your yoga mat right now. Um, be sure to tune in next week, same time, same place, wherever you listen, and leave me a review. I have been featuring them on upcoming episodes, and I'm so, so grateful to have you in my corner. And remember, stay strong, super mamas. See you next time. That's total mom sense.